So I want you to turn, man, this week's Torah portion is one of those weeks that's like, there is so many messages here. It's like, you can just, there's so many places you can go in this, this week's scripture. Uh, <clears throat> but what I love is the fact that this shows in this scripture that before the world was created, you know, the, the Jewish people say that before the world was created, certain things were already in existence. A number of them dealt with the temple. <coughs> the rabbis say the name of God. We know that uh, the name of the Messiah. We know it was actually the Messiah itself. And that the Torah was already in existence. And then you hear that, you sometimes say, you know, they could say that, but where's the proof, right? I always like to have proof. And this scripture reference is one of my favorite ones because it really shows that before God put everything into place, he already had an idea, right? He already had it in motion. And this one deals with the tithe. And so we see here, that God puts this Torah in place. We can look from each person going up from Adam and Eve. What, what do we see with them? Well, we have the sacrifice, right? We know they sin. They have to have sacrifice. Who did the sacrifice for them? God. And what did he sacrifice? An animal, right, for their sin. So we have the animal sacrifice. We have, that's Adam and Eve. Who came next? The kids, right? Well, let's see. Cain and Abel, did anything go wrong there? Teenagers. What are you going to do with them, right? <laughs> and there we have the city of refuge set up. How do we know that? Because we see that he, uh, when Cain is, uh, kills Abel, right? And then What's going to happen to him? Again, there's sin. He, he committed sin. There has to be death. And he says, let me go to this city. And when he says that, what does he say? The people that were there will kill me. Well, why would they want to kill him? Who was Cain to them? If you went to Alabama, would the people care, you know, even know what you did here? No, but what did they have to be? It's an easy one, guys. Relatives, right? They were the first two. You know, they're all right, all related. And who's the only ones who could defend somebody if they've been murdered? A relative. Unless they're at a city of refuge. And we see that he goes to that city and stays there the rest of his life. Right? Noah. What do we get from Noah. How many of the animals went on the boat? Two by two, right? Seven. Where y'all getting seven from? Weren't you in Sunday school? They taught you two by two. They always taught me two by two in Sunday school. Didn't they teach you that? I drew the pictures. Oh, but the scripture says seven of the clean animals, right? How did Noah know what was clean or not? What do we have? Keeping kosher. And by the way, Noah was a what? Gentile. Gentiles kept kosher before Jews did. 
So for all your friends out there that give you a hard time for keeping kosher, remind them, Noah did it first. Right? So we see here that, uh, again, that, and now we have this story. Go to uh, Genesis chapter 14. We're going to go to verse uh, 17. So after the defeat, it says, And the kings who were with him, that being Abraham and King Sodom, went out <coughs> to meet him <coughs> in the valley of where? Sheva. This is the king's valley, verse 18. Then who? Melchizedek, king of Salam, brought out bread and wine. Huh, bread and wine. And what did he do? And who was he a priest of? El Elyon. Who's that? God Most High. So let's stop there for a second. So here's a guy. What do we know about Melchizedek? Who's his, who's his daddy? You know, when, they, when he would hear that line go out, he goes, I don't know. Don't know who my daddy is, right? Didn't know who his mom is. He has no, quote, lineage, right? He appears out of nowhere. And he's the king of where? Salem, which is modern day Jerusalem. Huh. So he's king of Jerusalem. And who is the, pri and the priest of the God Most High? Who is the God Most High? Now we know one, Right? How many members did he have in his congregation? One family, Abraham. If he didn't show up, that week's sermon was kaput, wasted away, right? So here he is, the king of the God Most High. He has a whopping one family in his congregation. But yet, we know that the lineage of the Messiah will come through who? Melchizedek. Hmm. Sound interesting? Right? That should mess with some people's mind. And here we have them. They meet. They give bread and wine. And then what? That was my cue to go to the next verse. Thank you. He blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram by El Elyon, creator of heaven and earth, and blessed be El Elon, who gave over your enemies into your hands. Then Abram gave him a what? Tenth of everything. Here we have the tithe. Before we have the, the word given to us in the Torah, on the commandments, we already see these things taking place. This shows that God already had a plan in place, didn't he? From before the world was created, he had his commandments. He had his rules and regulations that were taking place. He had his guidelines that we were to follow. And that's what the people did. We should not be afraid to follow his commandments. They were being done from the very beginning of time. And they'll be done all the way through the end of time as well, won't they? 
Yeshua himself says, I have not come to what? Abolish the Torah or the prophets. I have not come to abolish, but to fulfill, to bring to its fullness is what that word means. Those who keep my commandments and teach others to do so will be considered great in the kingdom of heaven. Those who do not keep my commandments and do not teach others to do so will be what? Least where? Heaven. So does that mean that the commandments get you in or out of heaven? Absolutely not. It is our faith in Messiah that gets us in. And because we have that faith in our Messiah, because we've accepted Yeshua as our Messiah, what has he done? He's taken the Torah, the Word, and put it into our hearts. And now we're to follow it from our hearts. We're to share the good news. And that's what he's calling us to do. The same good news that was given to Adam, to his sons, to Noah, to every generation, right? It's given to us to fulfill. To keep it and obey it. That's what God is calling us to today. That's what this is all about. Is understanding God's calling for what he has. Melchizedek was the king and priest. What will our Messiah be? Both king and priest. We, many, I believe that this is the precarnate of Yeshua. That he was there. That's who he, Abraham gave his tithe to. The true Messiah, because Messiah was there in the very beginning, wasn't he? He's been there all the way through and he'll be there all the way through till the end. So we have this beautiful picture that's taking place. Of them coming together. Abram's name will soon be changed. No longer will be called Abram, but Abraham, the father of nations. And Sarah. Now, I have a question. How old was Sarah in the chapters? Take a guess. Not 90. That's a little probably. I would say between 75 to 85. And what do we know about her? She was beautiful. That says something, doesn't it? 85-year-old woman, man want to marry her. Ever thought about that? 85-year-old woman and kings were going, she's a looker. Right? So women, there's hope. Don't give up. <laughs> I'm glad nothing's being thrown at me. <laughs> no fresh produce. No fresh produce. <laughs> glad you all weren't downstairs. <laughs> but we really see so much of a beautiful picture take place with this chapter. Because God is putting into place what we will establish with Moses. He's given us those commandments to obey by, to follow and understand. He's treating us to understand the purpose of everything. 
it's interesting. We're going to go on and read because we know that he willingly gave God the tithe of everything. But the next verse. Then the king of Saddam said to Abram, Give me the people, the possessions take for yourself. But Abram said to the king of Saddam, I raise my hand in an oath to Adonai El Eon, creator of heaven and earth. Not a thread or even a sandal strap of all that is yours will I take. So you will not say, I made Abram rich. I claim nothing but what the young men have eaten and the share of the men who went with me. And then he lists them. Let them take their share. See, Abram didn't do this for reward, did he? He did it to honor God. And that's what we need to look at when things that we do in our life. We need to put the God, God's honor first. Do it for God, not for man. When he gave his tithe, he gave every, a tithe of everything that he had. He could have taken from this man, couldn't he? From this king who he helped save. If you read the scripture before, you know, he went and got him three, 318 men. He went and captured all these guys who got defeated, right? It shows you that when that God is on your side, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. No one can come against you. And that's the proud that, that that's how he was able to stand proud for what he had. This week's scripture is very deep in meaning. It gives us a great understanding. There's so much that you could look at in the different verses and different chapters. I encourage you to, to read and understand it. <clears throat> when God is with you, who will be against you? We understand that even in this scripture, even later on in the next chapter, Abram brings out um, the offerings of the heifer and the, and the goat. Again, all these things, how would he know unless the Torah was already there? There is so much proof that the word of God existed even at the time at the beginning that they understood. Cain and Abel, we can even go back to them. Didn't, why, why did Cain end up killing Abel? He was jealous of what? He brought the wrong offering. His brother brought the right offering. That's another thing to understand. Is we can't just do what we want. We got to do what God wants. God makes it very clear. He says, bring your tithe into the storehouse. You know, I love how he challenges us later from the prophets. He says, see if I will not open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessings that you wouldn't know what to do with it. So not only does God command us to do it, but then he says, I'm going to bless you for doing it. 
And that's how we serve a God today that is a loving God who cares for us, who wants to have communication with you. Our God doesn't stay up in heaven. He answers every text he gets. He answers his emails. His box is never full. And we see here the importance of that communication. All he asks is one thing, obey my commandments. Yeshua tells us he has not come to abolish, but to bring to that fullness. We see here the precarnation of Messiah through Melchizedek. A man who had no parents, but who is king and priest. Something that can't happen in Judaism, can it? And why was not the Messiah going to be in the order of Aaron? Because Aaron could never be a king. But Melchizedek could and was. He served the God Most High. Something for you all to think about when you're reading the scripture. See how it all starts coming together. I said this scripture was full of just great information this week. We see that Abram likes to lie a little, doesn't he? Tell them you're my sister so they won't kill me. Right? So what happened? We also see generational curses come out of this. Because what happens to his son? Tries to pull the same thing, doesn't it? And God didn't let it happen there either, right? He cursed the, the, those who did it, caused a plague. We don't need to try to trick God. God has a plan, doesn't he? We just have to listen and obey. So I want to encourage you. Be like Abram. Give to the Lord what's the Lord's. Serve him, honor him. And it shows the rest of the world that you serve the God most high. That's what he's calling us to do today. Amen? Amen? I want everyone to bow your head and close your eyes. Abba, Father, we just come before you right now. Lord, we thank you for the blessings that you've given us. Lord, we thank you for your son, Yeshua. Lord, what a beautiful example we have in him today through Melchizedek. Lord, let us never forget to give back to you what, you what is yours. Lord, let us keep your word and your commandments. With every eye closed and every head bowed, I ask right now, if those of you here, those of you watching online, if you want to have that relationship with the Father, you have to have a relationship with the Son. He gave us his Son, who came in the order of Melchizedek to atone for our sins. 
If you're ready to have him into your life, all you need to do is raise your hand and say a simple prayer. If you're watching online, you can text us on the information you see on the screen. And wherever you are around the world, we will contact you and pray with you that prayer of salvation. But if you're here right now and you're ready to say yes to him, all you need to do is raise your hand. Is there anyone? Anyone at all? And Abba, Father, as we stand before you right now, Lord, give us the strength we need to fulfill your word, to obey your commandments, so that we may be closer to you. Lord, we ask this in your Son, Yeshua's precious name, and everyone said, Amen. Amen. I'm going to give the Lord a hand. Amen. Amen.